bless you. Amen. Isn't he wonderful? Amen. I have so many emotions standing here tonight. I I just hope that I can just share them without a whole lot of breaking down. But I'm so privileged to be here to enjoy this incredible celebration of 10 years of this camp. Maybe through through the service tonight I can share a few things, but I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for the invitation, Brother Tom and Brother Ed and the church. Thank you for having me here. This is almost like a reunion. And I see friends from all over. We certainly love you with all of our hearts. And uh, we thank you for having us and what incredible hospitality that you've given us. And I truly believe with all my heart that we have been called to a conference. And I believe that God's going to do incredible supernatural things. And how we already know is we've already seen, already in this service, what God is doing. Not what a man is doing. Not what the influence of a man is doing. But what our God is doing among us. Amen. God bless you. Certainly thrilled to have Sister Connie with me. She was not able to be with me in Edmonton, and we had wonderful meetings there, and I see many Edmonton friends here tonight, and we love you, and God came on the scene for us there, and I believe he's the same God this week. Amen. 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 Don't you love him? Amen. Maybe we could just talk to him for a moment. Heavenly Father, we love you with all of our hearts. Now as we turn to the Word, Father, we would ask you once again that you would come. Now we realize that, Father, that no man, no man can do anything. But you're the one that comes and does the work. I ask you, Father, that you'd bless this place like never before. And if we could have any gift at all tonight... Might it be both as speaker and as hearer to get ourselves out of the way? Now, Lord Jesus, we have come with many needs tonight, and we believe that you're a way maker, and you provide a way of escape. Father, as I was coming to the pulpit this evening, I, my thoughts began to go back to last year. And you gave me a sermon to speak in this pulpit. That sermon was, Satan, you can't take his life. Brother Ed, as he stood to this pulpit tonight, Father, I thank you for the power of a resurrection. I thank you for the power of life and your healing touch. A miracle that has happened among us. Dear God, we express our thanksgiving back to you and our heart's desire as a congregation, as a body of believers around the world. First of all, we stop and thank you. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, dear God, that you brought doctors on the scene at the right time and the right kind of medicine. But, Father, the high physician came on the scene and took the case. And, Lord Jesus, we thank you for that, Father. Oh, we thank you. I'm just consumed with what you are doing. And we even what you're preparing to do. Lord, we, we thank you for laying your hands on this camp. We thank you for laying your hands on this camp. This is your work. This is your vision. This is your plan and this is your purpose. And you've got a purpose for your seed. Hallelujah. Now be, may Satan's plans be thwarted tonight. And may he be defeated in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We dedicate and commit these meetings to you, Father. And give ourselves to your, your service. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. If you will turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6, and I will try my best not to hold you too long this evening, but I want to share some things that are just on my heart. Is that okay? I'd like to speak this evening on Mark This Place. Mark this place. Not just a place in the Scriptures, but mark this place where you're standing. Mark the place where you're sitting tonight. Mark this place. Remember this time. Because God chose to meet you here. Not because you've gathered just to be at another meeting. Maybe you didn't even know who was speaking. Maybe you didn't even know kind of how the arrangements would be. But God brooded over you before the foundation of the world and knew that you would be here. So He has something provided for you. He pre-planned this meeting. Amen. I'd like to share with you a couple of meetings that He has prepared this evening and as we just turn our hearts toward Him. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, very important scriptures to the man that's going to be writing down and scribing the book of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and twain he did fly. One cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, and which he had taken from the tongs from off of the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. And also I, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then said I, Here am I, send me. You may be seated. Isaiah chapter 118 and verse 23. The scripture said, This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. I pray that we can look beyond mortality even now, human instrumentality, beyond who's sitting beside of you and who's speaking, and catch what God is doing here tonight. The realm of time that we're standing, the conditions of the world, the prophecy that actually we're a part of the fulfilling even right now. Verse 24 said, This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Our prophet said that's what's happening today. He predestinated it to this by his foreknowledge when he predestinated in Malachi 4 that it's, going, that it's got to happen. When he came over and predestinates anything to happen in his word, he had to prove his word to be so. And when he predestinates anything to happen and says that it will happen, he knows that that seed will be there just at that time. He predestinated a bride. He predestinated a bride. He's talking about you. He predestinated a bride. She's going to be there. Going to be a rapture. She's going to be there. He predestinates it by his foreknowledge. See, there's nothing that's going to stop it. I love that, don't you? I want you to hear the prophet as he begins to speak, and I'll just share this in my opening comments. Brother Branham just shares his desire and shares his passion and shares where he's standing. He said, I love him, and I want you to love him. I want you to believe him. Perfect love casteth out all fear. And if you love Him with the right kind of a heart, you won't have one speck of fear whether you can keep His Word or not. I'd like to say boo devil right there. It's not you keeping the Word, but it's the seed that's on the inside of you. Night after night standing on the platform before the gross thousands of people around the world 
critics sitting there saying, is this, that, or another witch doctor standing there trying to throw spells on you, challenge you to duels and things like that? Never one time. And I say by the grace of God, has one speck of fear ever hit my heart? Not one time. Why? He said He would take care of me. He asked the question, why? He said He would take care of me. And I believe Him. That's why. If I would get scared, I'd run. Now let me just say, God not only gave our prophet that promise, but what about you tonight? He said He would take care of you. Did God make that promise? I want to ask you, did God make the promise? Absolutely He made the promise. And He's an infinite God. And God's never failed. He's never lied. He's never been in a crisis. He predestinates it to happen. And it's got to be that way. And all of hell can't stop it. All of hell can't stop it. The greatest imps, the greatest demons of hell cannot stop the power of what God is doing even in this moment. But I tell you, when Jesus Christ anoints you, you're not made out of running material. That's all. Not the rock of Gibraltar, but the rock of ages. You climb up in the rock of ages. That's God's Word. And take your position there and stand when the gates of hell is battling against it with this perfect assurance that He who promised it will not fail. It'll never fail. Amen. That's faith. And that's when you're not scared. The devil's nothing but a bluff anyhow snorting and blowing and all the thunder and, the, and no lightning. But I tell you, brother, that the lightning power of the resurrected Jesus Christ puts a reality there that shocks the soul from a dead slumber of these earthly bound things into the immortal realms to believe God and to take Him at His Word and call those things which are not as though they were. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Forgive me, I just get a little bit excited and that's the way it is. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now listen as the prophet says this. and He said, now God's strategy is to take empty human vessels and shake the world with them. Like at Pentecost. At Pentecost, what did he do? He'd taken them ten days and to get them all emptied out. He said, but they was all standing there with their vessels turned up. And God took himself and filled them up. That's all. And they shook the world with it. That's the need of today. That's what we need today is empty vessels 
so God can fill them up. Who's He talking to tonight? Me and you. Who's the challenge to tonight? We're not waiting for somebody else to come. This is our hour. Are you with me now? Oh, Brother Ron, they wish somebody else was in the building. God chose you. And God ordained you. He watched over your path getting here. He watched over your mother and father's path and your grandfather's and your great-grandfather's and the generations all the way back and pre-planned. He was determined to take care of the natural seed. Knowing that you would get here. Knowing your hair color. Knowing what your eyes would look like. Even your human nature. God knew that He was going to call you in this day to hear this predestinated Word. And you would meet the challenge of this day. You are that thousands of lived voices. A prophet would speak a a few sermons on influence. He would understand influence. He had dealt with a lot of influences. Influential men around him. Influential men that had a a lot of opinions. Influential men that wanted to push him this way or that way. Some of them wanted him to quit preaching on how women ought to dress. Maybe if he could just, if he could just, uh, maybe just back off and teach them gifts. Because the message had a great attraction to it, but they wanted to polish it up. These were men of schools. These were men of great organization. They knew that this had life in it, but they couldn't take the word test. So he knew what influence was. So when he would walk to the pulpit and speak a sermon like the influence of another, or influence. He was not just speaking it because it was a good topic. Because he understood what the influence of even denomination or organization or Laodicea was putting on the church. And he, like Isaiah, could not get his eyes on the kings of this world or the great men of this world, because he had had a meeting. He had had a conference in another realm. That's our challenge today. To meet a living God. To meet the God of this message. Isaiah was an important man of the Scripture. He will write a commentary. He will write a prophetic book. In the Old Testament, he will be a very key man. But being a key man, he had grew up under the influence of a king. This king had a, a very good background. He had a very good heritage. But this king got lifted up, got his eyes on a position that was not his. And he began to allow things to happen. God could not allow him to continue in the, in the position that he was in. 
But you see, God had a plan. And maybe you have got your eyes on different things of this world, different, different aspects of this world and different influences of this world that may have drawn you in different directions. But maybe tonight, if we could just stop for a few minutes and look into another realm, God would like to pull our eyes off of the things of the world. And put us in a direction and a direct channel where He can speak to you. More than the effects of a camp. More than some temporary week or two sensationalism about it. More than some emotion. But an anchor that will anchor your soul for the rest of your lives. More than some sensationalism. Are you with me? Something that will anchor you. Let me just say, sometimes we've got to come like Jacob did. Jacob had the birthright now in his hands. Jacob was blessed. He could see the blessing around him. Everything he touched seemed to be blessed. But he was making his way back to his homeland. And he knew, I just can't even live with myself. You know, sometimes we've got to come to that spot in our life. May I speak it not just to the seen audience, but maybe even the unseen. There's decisions that have been made, actions that have been done that has caused incredible hurt and pain, choices that have been made. As our prophet says, choices will will take us somewhere. Choices will send you down a path. Decisions have consequences to them. They will not just affect you. As a young person, they'll affect your, your family. They'll affect your future family. They'll affect generations. And Satan would tell you that it's just a that you you've got to make your own decisions and you and 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 he begin to show you opportunities and you see he showed Jesus opportunities. He showed Lot opportunities. He'll show you opportunities. And sometimes you can't see because of your human ability. You can't see past tomorrow of where this decision is going to take us. Satan will talk a man into smoking one cigarette. And Brother Brown said, he don't have to tell him no more to do it. Listen to one piece of rock music. Are you with me now? Or one wrong thing on an internet, and before long it becomes a rolling vortex. Are you with me? And after a while, guilt begins to set in, and condemnation and, and traps and chains of circumstances begin to be wound around you. Before long, like Jacob, he's deceived his brother. He's deceived his father-in-law. His family knows that he's living a lie. There's only one thing that will fix that. 
And that's God. That's God. That's the only thing that will fix it. It's God to come on the scene in your life. He didn't know where the the meeting was going to be at. But he got himself alone. You know, God began to move to force him to get himself alone. (laughs) He thought he was making the choices. But God had a plan to get him alone. He got Isaiah alone. Sometimes he has to get you alone. And he pulls you a place alone to where that he can deal personally with you. And he gets you to a place to where it's just you and him. A place to where that he can supernaturally speak to your life. Jacob didn't know what kind of a place that he was at until he came. We can read the scriptures that that an angel came and he wrestled with that angel. Could we say this tonight that Jacob wrestled with him because he refused to stay the way that he was? Jacob knew Jacob. You know you. not your mom and dad or your grandma and your granddad or pastor. It's you and God. This is an individual relationship. Brother Ron, but I've came to camps before and I've walked to altars before, but you know where you are today. Now I don't want to just talk to the front row. I want to go all the way to back row. We know where we're at. We know ourselves. We see our condition. And now God has brought us to a place to where we can have a personal meeting. If we're not careful, we'll wrestle with our own self-will. Our own self-will will wrestle with that. But if we could only grab a hope tonight and say, God, don't leave me like I am. Don't leave me like I am. I've got to have a change. Now what put that desire on the inside of us? Because we couldn't seek for God. God came seeking for us. And so under the atmosphere of that presence, something comes to life. We couldn't bring it to life. But that something comes to life. Our prophet would call it gene seed. God DNA. It would be on the inside of us. And it would begin to come to life. This is more than about a church society. Going to a church. God wants to have a personal relationship with you. And Jacob begins to hold on. I think about when Brother Branham prays for that little girl in Jonesboro, Arkansas. When she recognized that 
that it's Brother Branham that is standing in front of her. When she recognizes that Brother Branham is, is there, he has to explain to her, I'm not the healer. But all she knew was she had to get to him. And she's told Brother Branham, if, if I can get to William Branham, I can get to my daddy. And she's recognized, I've come to this meeting, and I don't want to go home blind. Are you with me now? She was living in a condition and refused to go home blind. She refused. If I can get to this man where, where Jesus is operating in, if I can get to him, I won't have to feel around in the night. I'll be able to see what color dress I've got on. I'll be able to see everything that's around me. I'll see the sun come up in the morning. I'll see the stars at night. If I can get to him, I'll find my daddy. When she recognized who he was, she grabbed the lapels of his coat. She held on. She held on. I'm sure that made him feel uncomfortable. As a man of God, I'm sure that made him feel uncomfortable. Now she's got a hold of him. But she refuses to let loose. I would ask you tonight, could you kind of get a little bit of, even out of your own human order and grab a hold and hang on? <laughs> if I could ask you tonight, you're tired of just sitting in a pew and going through the, the run of the emotions. and That's for somebody else. And I'm trying. I've made promises. I've made vows. I've, I, I've did all different kinds of things. But, but God has called a conference tonight. It is God that has called this conference. And I don't want to miss this. How many times did the brother, brother Branham tell us, don't miss this? Don't miss this. Oh, but I wasn't in his meeting. But this is a book of Acts for you. I want to, I want to just call to you. Don't miss this. To miss this. How many have we saw sitting places like you're sitting at? And just take it for another service. Where are their lives at today? Where did their choices take them? I'm sorry to go negative for a moment, but where did their choices take them? I would tell you tonight, there's no life out there. There's no life out there. Where's their denominations taking them? Are you with me? Where? Where is their pulpits leading them? Why, one word out of place is separation from God. Just one word. To walk away from the message of the hour separates you. Are you with me? 
And I'd say if I was in that condition, I would claw, I would dig, I would scream. I'd eat every bit of pride that I could to scream my way back to Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She held on. We have a testimony because she held on. Her eyes came open because she held on. Jacob held on to the angel. Jacob wrestled with him. And Jacob wrestled with him until the sun was beginning to come up. And he wrestled with him. And he held on. He refused to go home, Jacob. God put this on my heart, so I'm just delivering it to you with, with all my heart. I was at a place in my life one time that I refused. I refused. I didn't want to live that way no more. And something on the inside of me was calling to a higher walk. I remember that place. I remember that time. I remember that moment. Where I met the voice behind the voice. I walked into the tent yesterday with Brother Tom. And I saw the painting that is behind me. And I was filled with emotion. Because that painting has become a part of my life. It has been interweaved with the fabric of my being. Switzerland. Brother David Mayer is here, and I, I can't find him just now. It's hard to, hard to believe I can't find a man that tall. And I'd meet friends like Brother David and Brother Daniel and, and I, I, Brother Guido's daughter's in the building. Sister Jessica's son is here. God bless you. Brother Biscoe would call me and he would share his burden for the people of Switzerland and all the countries around. He's quite a salesman. He has incredible passion. But you see, he delivered the message. But God wouldn't allow it to just be passed over. I couldn't go that first year. But Brother David, when I went... With Brother Biskel and Brother Tom and the other ministers that were there. Something gripped my heart. And this place, this place became a conference 
And we would witness through the last years. People come from all over. And they would be like Isaiah and be like Jacob. And they would wrestle it out. Brother David, you send out announcements, and you, you guys do a phenomenal job of setting that meeting up. And I'd say it's beyond human effort that does it. You send an invitation out. Come. You don't know who's coming. What walks of life that are coming? And they come. They come to the meeting. And in that meeting, he gathers. You see, no man can gather the seed of God. It's God that sends forth His Word. He sends forth His Word and He begins to, he begins to anoint. Anoint men to come and stand in the pulpit and speak the words of life. Not with agenda of mankind, but an agenda of the Word of God. That this message would be exalted. The Christ of this message would be exalted. And it would find its bedding grounds. And we can mark that place. We can mark that spot. We've seen it over and over. Brother Adam said, God calls a conference. He said, men call a conference. He said, they'll call the Geneva Conference. And they'll call other conferences. And they'll get together and they'll fuss with one another. And they'll come to some sort of a decision. But God calls a conference. It makes a major difference when God calls the conference. He is determined to get his seed. Hallelujah. How many is the first time here tonight? First time you've ever been to this camp? Now, this is not choreographed, or neither did I run this by Brother Biscal or Brother Tom or any of the men that's working. You look around, this is more than just a nice place. This took vision. This took immense amount of money. This took a, the amount of effort of an army almost, of volunteers. Now a decade. Sometimes we walk up to a painting and we don't know what, what that painting actually cost. You go, oh, that's nice. And we don't know it took a lifetime of a, honing a gift to make that painting. I'll speak maybe later in the week. Sister Marilyn's an incredible artist. But it's a life's work. This camp and these young men that's working, are sitting all in the back and working all over the building, 
They were once sitting in seats like you are. When we hear Isaiah say, not only did God speak to him, but then he responded back to God. Here am I. Send me. It's not just answering to a voice and believing a voice. But there's work to do. There's incredible work to do. God wants you. He wants your hands. He wants your energies. He wants your life. Are you with me? God wants to use you. When I look around at this this camp, it holds incredible memories for me. Can I just share a few things here? Very personal. This is the 10th anniversary of this camp, of buying Mount Baker camp, and it becoming what it is. This is more than Brother Biscoe's vision. This is God's vision. This is God's thoughts. Sometimes we go, I want to see a miracle. You're sitting on one. You're sitting on one. God provided this. Oh, Brother Ron, I want to see something God's done. Look around. Just look around. I don't know of all how the workings that this camp came about. But I'd like to take you to one of the first phases of my... I'd been to other camps, but I'd never been to this one. Where I first would get acquainted with the first year of this camp was was when I was in a coma. And I was laying... Burned, 75% of my lungs burned. I had pneumonia. On the very day, not two weeks later, not a month later, not six weeks later did we figure out some things and put some things together to make it look right. But on the very day that the doctors would say there was no hope and no way and no chance and there's no way. On that very day, God speaks to your pastor. God speaks to your pastor. That Brother Ron will be the speaker next year. I want you to just think just for a moment of the impossible human thinking. Think of the impossible. Sometimes we think, well, man puts this all together. I want to just stop and let's just consider the miracles. Let's just consider the miracles, first of all, that this ground is provided. Of all the places in British Columbia and and Washington, this piece of ground is provided in one of the most beautiful areas in all of Washington. 
God provides this. I would say that Satan giggled. The morning that Brother Bisco called Sister Connie and my oldest son that had pulled me out of the fire was in one hospital. And I was in another hospital. Not just in a hospital, but in a burn unit on life support with zero chance of living. Doctors, nurses here, you know what 75% of your lungs, not just your lungs, but your throat, your mouth, all of the inner workings of your mouth, your lips, your face, your arms, your body is burned. Just when it looks impossible to man, in that state, God anoints a servant of the Lord. Well, Brother Ron, I'd like to see vindication. If not just this miracle, God speaks to your pastor. He will be the speaker next year. Brother Matt, that's beyond human thought, human I would lay for another couple of weeks. (laughs) I wouldn't know anything about the plans of God. I would come into a condition where that I would be 36 hours literally non-responsive. And if God doesn't work a miracle in five more hours, they're going to take my organs. Brother Tim Pruitt stands in my home church and he preaches two sermons. God's Hall of Fame. Some way by faith, Brother Jimbo, he puts me in God's Hall of Fame. And on the day that I went non-responsive, where the doctors couldn't figure out what went wrong, he stands in the pulpit, in my pulpit at home, And preaches, God will have a testimony. And the next morning, I woke up. God had a plan. God had a plan. Brother Biscoe chose, since all of this had happened in our lives, chose to bring our family. Brother Andrew, Sister Katie, Brother Matthew, and Sister Cassie, and you chose to bring my father and my mother. And they came... They came to that meeting, and my father told me just last week, he said, I'll tell you. And he said, you can tell Brother Biscoe this. And so I'm doing this very public now. He said, that was the greatest vacation I've ever had in my entire life when I got to come to that camp meeting. 
You can go all over the world and do all kind of worldly things. And But let me just say this to you to come to a spot like this where you meet God. There's just nothing greater. Brother Brown talks about the value of a seat. It's worth 10 million worlds. 10 million worlds. Now think about that. God in His infant mind called you before the foundation of the world. Then He chose the place to meet you at. Brother Joel Ray, Brother Joel Ray, would you just stand? Sister Joanne, Sister Joanne, where's she at? She had a burden on her heart for her third son. And she had expressed her burden to her father. She wanted life for her son. Let me explain to you. We're not satisfied with just living a good worldly life. We want eternity. We want Christ with everything that is within us, Brother Tom. We won't negotiate for something second class. We want God. We've got a covenant with God. We've got a covenant with God. This covenant is with God and He's and He's bound to His own word. And we gave Joel to God when he was born. And she was not willing for Satan to destroy his life. In that meeting, God came on the scene being rich in mercy and grabbed the hope. Are you with me now? More than emotion. More than some sensationalism. But God grabbed the hold of His life. You see, He's determined. He's determined to get His seed. He'll bankrupt heaven to get to where you're at. He went to the woman at the well. He knows where she was. He knows how to come and get a hold of your life. He's not ashamed tonight to come and get a hold of you. That night changed Joel Ray's life. How long did it take? Just a moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. And you're just not no more the same. Brother Joel, now... This is all right, Sister Joanne. I'm sorry to keep you standing. 
Brother Joel, that, that didn't just affect you. Where's your father-in-law? Could you stand? Where's your mother-in-law? Could you stand? Is your wife in the building? No. She's working. Your baby? Good for them. And we thank the Lord Jesus for his miracle of peace. Brother Joel, we could say tonight that you see God put it on your heart, Sister Joanne, because you'd made a covenant many years ago. And we heard Brother Tom Ray speak earlier about writing it down on the flyleaf of his Bible. Just writing it down. Brother Biscoe, you spoke those words, and you spoke eternal words. Those were eternal words. And when you spoke those words, those words had power. Brother Glenn, it would affect your life. It would affect your life in a traumatic way, an incredible way, a very creative way. Because you wanted a, a Joel that had a new birth. You wanted a Joel that was serving God. You wanted a Joel that would dedicate his life and his job and his gift to Jesus Christ. And I would say, one night. Now let me just say... All of his life was pressing toward that night. Every service that he was in was pressing toward that night. And that night, he recognized the voice behind the voice that had came on the scene to bring a gathering for him. And it changed their lives. Give the Lord a great big hand. Ten years. Michael Andes. Where are you at? Stand on a chair. <laughs> In that meeting... He would get called out. <laughs> and we would be amused at it. Maybe we could show that one evening. He'd, people would be amused at myself bringing Brother Michael up. He's a little bitty boy. And I would begin to talk about this is what Satan hates. God can take this little bitty guy and shake the world with him. How important is this camp? How important is this camp, Silas? How important is it? I'll tell you, it was very important for you. No doubt in another round, they were chuckling. 
But God knew what He was doing. He knew what He was doing. And He was anchoring something in your life. And He began to talk about dynamite coming in small packages. I'll tell you, and it does. It's life. Eternal life. And that life begins to speak to other seeds and scream out. Who did it affect? We could, have, we could have his whole family to stand tonight and say, it has affected us all. We could have the whole church to stand tonight and say, it has affected us all. Brother John, it's affected your life. Brother Ed, it's made a team player. It's affected your business. It's affected your, your education. It's affected everything in your life. So we watched him preach the other day and using a, a bullhorn. Boy, sometimes I'd like to have one of them. And he, and he set a pan on fire. Nobody would ever let me do that. <laughs> but what was he doing? Expressing life. This is more than just a collation of quotes. This is more than just a good recipe. This is life. I brought my family. I spoke this meeting in a weakened condition. But I brought my family. And she would sit. Sister Katie and Brother Andrew would sit in that tent about where you are, Sister Lay. Brother John. And they would sit back there. And Andrew was a good boy. He believed the message, but he didn't have the life. Did you catch what I just said right there? He was a good boy. He believed the message, but he didn't have the life. I knew that. I understood that. Brother Tom, I had a covenant. Sister Joanne, I understood what you... And I was screaming to God. God, help my children. You'll hear Brother, hear Brother Andrew speak in the morning. He's more than just a reproduction of myself. God knows you wouldn't want to copy me to start off with. But Sister Katie sat about where you are. And during the meeting, she would just scream. Ten years later, she screamed only one other time in a meeting like that. And it was just a few weeks ago. And I heard her just bellowing in the presence of God. She was just screaming with all of her might. And I thought, I heard that scream a few years ago. 
And she was sitting in that meeting, and she was just screaming out to God in the presence of the Lord. That week, Brother Andrew would be standing in the street with Brother Tom Ray. And he would turn in desperation. He needed to know the God of this message. He needed to know the voice. And in that moment, somehow, Brother Tim, we've got a covenant. Somehow he grabbed a hold of the covenant. And he held on. One Andrew walked up to Brother brother Tom. Another Andrew walked away. Who did it affect? His family. His wife, his children, his parents, our church. Thousands have heard him preach now. I'll tell you, one seat. That's the seventh seal. One seed coming to life is like a rocket going off. Your life affects many others. To God be the glory. No more conference sessions. No more, no more trying to... T- Listen, it was just settled. Brother Ron, I'm struggling with this and struggling with that, and I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that. You get into his presence one time, it'll settle that. It'll just settle that. You won't have to worry about the music no more, the video games anymore, the, all the kind of nonsense anymore. It'll just evaporate in a moment's notice. It'll evaporate out of your life. It'll be more than just a service. It'll be more than just coming and and sitting and a movement of it. All of a sudden, you'll be pulling on the life. Can I give you one more story? I was in China with Brother Murphy Wong and Brother Tom Ray, Brother Glenn Grunert. We had we had meetings that we that will you'll never reduplicate them, remanufacture them. It was just sovereign meetings. We witnessed phenomenal, incredible book of Acts among us. I come to the end of my my journey, and as it would be, brother Jason. would be flying home at the same time. And so we go we go through the ticket situation at the same time and mother and father's with him and, and brother Tom's with me and brother Murphy brother Glenn they're staying behind and and I'm going through and I'm a very anxious traveler. I, I, I'm not. I come off of a farm. I, I, flying is just not in my my deal. And so here I am with this twenty-year-old boy. Are you twenty yet? Yeah. 
And he's with me. And he doesn't realize how precious he is to me right now. He's, he's crutching my nervousness. And we go through customs together. And we go, we go into the gate area together. And I want to, I don't know, I've ate a lot of things in China. And I'd like something that's familiar to me. And I got a Whopper. I felt like I got cheated because it was about that big. <laughs> and we walked out to the area. He, I, I think you just got a drink maybe. And I walked out to the area and we sat down and we sat there and we didn't talk about the weather. There was people sitting all around us. You know, it's a busy airport. They're sitting all around. There's a man, a man sitting as close to me, to Brother Tom, right behind Brother Jason. And I asked him, I said, tell me your story. And he began to talk about coming and, and actually finding they brought him to this school because of this school. And he began to talk about coming to the school and living in the home and talking about trying to dress and do right and behave himself. And he began to come to church and, and one day, one day it came to life. And one day something began to respond to him and this message became a reality to him. Is it okay if I just share these words? And Brother Jason was sitting there, and he said, I begin to think about the other guys around me. He said, I'm getting it now. Why aren't you getting it? And he began to, he began to share these words. He says, it's become alive to me. And I thought everybody else ought to receive the same experience that I received. And he began to talk about how school became, how church became, and how the message became, and, and how that he wanted to do something now. I started, now I'm ending with this. God speaks to him, and he believes it. And then he responds, here am I, send me. And I was sitting on this side of him. And there's a man sitting on the other side and tears are running down his face. And you don't know it till this very moment that you was affecting somebody even in the airport that you didn't even know. Brother Jason, will you stand? To God be the glory. God bless you. God bless you. How many people will he affect? Only eternity. How many will you affect? What about your home? 
What about what you left? You're from France. God sent you as a representative from France. You're from Belgium. He sent you as a representative from Belgium. We've got many countries represented sitting in this building. We've even got Louisiana sitting in this building. We've got Edmonton sitting in this building. God knows exactly where you're from. And He gathered you from all ends of the earth for this place. From Grand Prairie. Are you with me? Even to being a minister, Brother Stephen. But I believe God can ignite you like never before. Oh, but Brother Arnold had an experience, but many re-feelings of the Spirit of God. May the revival fires be like never before. More than emotion. More than a sensation. But may God speak to our hearts. That moment, in that moment, Brother Calvin, a few years ago, you and I had a moment, and you know, and we don't have to say no more. We had a moment. Change your life. How long does it take? I'll tell you how long it took for me. Seconds. Seconds. Just seconds. Seconds. It changes our life forever. Absolutely forever. Isaiah, Jacob, Ruth. Abraham, William Branham in a cave, he shares his life with us and then begins to tell us that he'll come to you, he'll come to where you are. He chose this place, mark this place. Mark this night. Mark it. You've got counselors to support you. You've got ministry to support you. But this is more than a social gathering. Many of you have peer pressure that you're struggling with. Many of you have got pressures that you don't even want to tell your mother and father about. You've closed the world in and Sometimes it's like a cage, it's like a trap, it's like a change. Weaknesses that you struggle with in your mind. And there's things that you struggle with that only you know about. Could it be tonight that you could say, I don't want to stay this way. I don't want to stay this way. Further on do I have to live the rest of my life. In just a church-going condition and just a condition of just hiding things from others. My choices are taking me down wrong roads. 
I'm telling you in just a moment tonight. In just a moment. Oh, Brother Ryan, I think I'll make a decision. God's already begin your decision process way before you ever pack your clothes. He's gathering his seed. He's got eternal purposes here. More than counting chairs and more than counting people. He's after you. You don't need a man to tell you who you are. You know. You don't need a man to tell you your weaknesses. You already know. And the key is God already knows. Could we bow our head just a moment? We talk about chains. We talk about prison walls. We talk about darkness of of choices. We talk about just being lonely. Going through the motions. Maybe you'd like to say, I just need a touch from God. Brother Ron, I just need to give my life to Him like never before. I'd like to raise my hand to Him. Yes. 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 Brother Ron, I'm just exhausted putting up with myself. I want to just give myself away to Him tonight. I just want to just give myself to Him. I I I, I don't want to wait till another meeting. I, I I just I'm just exhausted with with the things in my life. I just gotta have a I gotta have a change. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to just invite you to this altar now. You've raised your hands. One seed. The value. Who will it affect? Jessica, who will it affect? What a fact. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Let's talk to him now. I want you to talk to him with your lips and your heart. Maybe you've done this before, but tonight... May it be different than ever before. Won't you just lay it all out just tonight? Lay it out just now. Lay it out just where you're at just now. Lord Jesus, I invite you to where I'm at now. Eternal God, I bow my head before you now.
Oh, you've came wave after wave already in this meeting. It's been like a mighty wave as you, you've moved even in this service now. These are your children. Satan, you can't have them. We make a claim tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke every demon of hell, every tormenting enemy. Satan tries to destroy our lives, but we're here to destroy his purpose tonight. We rebuke the enemy. We rebuke the shadows of darkness right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. May every chain be loose right now. May there be a sounding of jubilee happen among us. We're not a slave to that thing any longer. Oh, dear God, we renounce those things in the name of Jesus Christ. And we give our life to You, Father. We give ourselves to You, Lord God. Now we ask You that You'd feel every fiber of our being. May you sanctify our lives and cleanse us, Father, by the blood of Jesus Christ. May that blood wash us, wash the desires, wash the affections, wash our memory, wash our thought process, wash our mind, wash our hearts. May the blood of Jesus Christ begin to create in us a new heart, a new life. Oh, God, may it change our ambition, change our purpose. Oh, God. Oh, God. We look and live tonight. And we call to the house of hell, give way in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, you're defeated. You're defeated. You're nothing but a bluff. In Jesus Christ's name. Lord, may the searchlight of the Word of God go through our hearts right now. On this first night, it's been you that's pulled to us. We stand like Isaiah and in the presence of God, this holy presence tonight. We recognize our humanity. May you take the tongue, the call from off of the altar, lay it on our lips. And we respond, here am I, Lord. I mark this place tonight. I mark this place. This is more than a tent. It's more than a camp. This is a conference with God. I mark this place now. Oh, God. My life will never be the same. Joel's life's never been the same. Michael's life's never been the same. Andrew's life has never been the same. You're the same God tonight. You're the same God. 
from young people in Belgium and young people from Switzerland and Lord God from China. Lord God, you see your children. You know where they're from. You call this meeting. You place this on my heart because you had a work to do. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray we give ourselves to you just now. We give ourselves to you just now. Oh, God. Oh, God. Could counselors come, ministers come? Let's just talk to him now. Could you just talk to him now? Could you just talk to him? Won't you reach out? Won't you reach out where you're at? Mom's dad's where you're sitting. Where you're sitting. night too this is your night too how long has it been since you had a real revival stir in your heart what you say I want to just fall in love with him like never before I just want to fall in love with him like never before I want to fall in love with the living God I want this to be a passion in my heart. I want it to be a passion in my heart. Hallelujah. God sees your tears. He knows your condition. He knows your situation tonight. He knows the people that you will personally affect in your lives. He knows the situation. and That's why he's called this meeting.
Holy Spirit has done something very supernatural this evening. Very supernatural. You say, well, Brother Tom, normally uh, maybe get up and it's maybe a little bit of enthusiasm. You want to punch something home. You know what? I live for moments like this. I live for the presence of God. I live for saints. I don't want to interrupt him if he's doing something. I thought, well, I'll just step to the pulpit. Brother Ryan is he's doing a wonderful job song leading. But I know I stepped to the pulpit, then I got to close. I didn't want to close. Because I know what God does in a moment. That's what I know. I know it because I heard it this evening and I can testify of it. It's not something that's mental. It's something that's real. And they forgot. Brother Ron, I'm sure he could have gone on and on ten years ago. But there's a young man that's kneeling right here praying for a brother right here. Ten years ago, he was so cool. He had a jean jacket on with a fur liner at a hundred degree weather. Now that's cool. And Brother Ron was just ending the service. And he said, I'm just out of here. And he got up out of his seat right over here. And he started to walk to the back of the kitchen. Something stopped him where Michael is. Something stopped him. And now he's right here. Ten years. Because of that one decision. One decision. He's got a wife. He's here. He works in the office. He loves the Lord. He takes prayer meetings. In a moment. It's not history. It's not 30 years ago. It's right here, right now, young people. So you say, well, Brother Tom, I had maybe a little bit of an emotional... It's beyond the emotion. It's, it's to the resolve. I am resolved never to be that person again. Not a camp meeting experience to another camp meeting experience. I heard of a little blind girl that went determined not to go home blind. That... That's my kind of meeting. I see young people, and I pray, God, may they come to this camp determined not to go back the same. Resolved that the Holy Spirit, the first night, can deal. Not that we just shout and sing and, 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 and have a clap our hands, but it's something that's happened in your heart. And once that's happened, I can tell you as a 21-year-old man, now 64, it's never grown old. I only want more of Jesus. I only want more of God. And so something happened tonight in your own life. You mark that spot. Mark that spot where you were. Say, I will never, ever be the same again, Brother Tom. Let's bow our heads in the word of prayer.
songwriter penned, I want more of Jesus. More and more and more. They might have penned that many years ago, but Lord, that's rung in my soul for years. I want more of Jesus. I want more of your word. I want more of you, for you are your what a, what a wonderful time, Lord. We've had this evening basking in the presence of God, seeing young people being affected by the Word. Would you continue to move in their lives deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus? Father, I'm just praying, God, as you have done, as many testimonies have been said tonight, still here tonight. Ten years it still holds. They made a decision and in that decision God you continue to use it. May the decisions that are made tonight be eternal. And may Lord these young people leave tonight with a deep resolve. A deep resolve for their love of Jesus Christ. Bless your people as they'll go their way. Many will go on the road tonight. Lord, speaking of this meeting, may the angel of God come into their little vehicle. When they go to their cabins, Lord, wherever they will be sleeping, may the presence of God just wave after wave minister to their souls. Father, an unusual beginning. May you take us higher into that heavenly places where we have not experienced. Lord, I've had the pleasure and privilege to go certain heights in the lovely presence of Jesus, but I want to come higher, Lord. Beyond what I've even thought of, to be lost in God, to be lost in the glory of your presence, worshiping you, loving you. So would you bless each one of these young people tonight as they go to their cabins. May it be an unusual evening for them. And God, may you come near them. Would you watch over all that will be leaving and making their way off of the camp. And Lord, if we have it tomorrow... May God, your glory come down and Brother Andrew Spencer will be speaking in the morning. May our hearts be charged with great expectation to hear what you've laid on his heart. Bless us now as we go our separate way. We're thankful for all that have made this meeting tonight coming from so many different places. We feel humbled and privileged that they would come and be with us at this camp. So go with us now, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God be with you. As you make those that are not on campus, you make your way quietly, I'm sure, off the campgrounds. Be careful. In cabins. If you wish to leave with your cabin, go. Your counselor, 
you know uh, the different rules and we just want you to enjoy the presence of God go when you want to go if you want to stay we're here you're dismissed in Jesus name